Let's clap our hands and thank the Lord. Come on, if you're excited about what you feel tonight, the liberty that you feel tonight, why don't you clap your hands and lift your voice? Thank God for just a moment. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody else. Praise the Lord. It's good to to be with you again tonight. And uh, thank you, Brother Gentry and Praise Team. Wasn't this great tonight? Aren't we thankful for the worship? Amen. I appreciate, appreciate being led, him being led today. It's wonderful. And uh, man, were, were you here this morning? Were you here? Did y'all see that? Man, I, I'm, I'm just glad to have been able to be in the room this morning. Sister Shock blessed all of us by talking about prayer, and I'm thankful for, for people who are Christians, ministers who are Christians, and she is a Christian. I don't know where you are, but I honor you tonight. Thank God. One more time, let's thank God for that word this morning. We heard from God. I, um, I got to tell you, I told you I'd, I'd let you know, but I, I tried a stuffed snow cone. And uh, I got, yeah, that'll work. I, uh, I got, I got a, a couple. My, my wife got one, I got one. and I got the orange dream sickle, and she got the... <laughs> She got the strawberry daiquiri, which is a, a board-approved name, and that's that's there on the on the sign. And and uh, man, I'm gonna tell you right now, those things are the real deal. What in the world? God is just like speaking to some people over there in the snow cone section of this campground. If the black team wins. A snow, a snow cone is going to be named after the team, right? Is that right? Have y'all thought about that? A black snow cone? Like a, what do y'all think? Like black beans? Black walnut? Something like that? Black licorice? Anybody? Anybody? Anyone? Okay. Okay. Y'all got some work to do on, 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 on that snow cone. On that snow cone. Yep, it's, it's going to be good, though. That green team, man, what, what about the green team? Man, they're doing all right. Doing all right. Maybe, maybe y'all should do like a kale snow cone. Huh? Huh? Hear me out. Kale. Yeah. Every hyphen from the region will come. They will all be here. It's going to be great. <laughs> I um I asked I asked um I asked brother Trey tonight to come and he's going to read our opening text and pray over us tonight. How many of you how many of you like this guy, brother Trey? So he's going to read 
from Matthew chapter 16 and verse 24. If you've got, the, got your Bibles, I, I want you to turn there. If you do not have a Bible, I, I understand there's some places that, that I don't take my Bible because I'm nervous to lose it. Do any of y'all do that? You're like, man, I, I'm nervous. I don't want to lose it. Sometimes I do that too. But, but I would encourage you, if you do not have a Bible, that when you leave this camp, if you don't have a Bible, go get a Bible. Go get a Bible. It would be one of the greatest things that you've ever done. Go get a Bible. Talk to your pastor, your youth pastor. They will make sure. They will help you get a Bible. And, and I would encourage you to do that. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. If you're there, say, I'm there. If you're looking at the screen, say, I am cheating and I left my Bible at home. All right, here we go. Matthew 16, 24 and 25 says, Then Jesus said unto the disciples, If any man will come after me, let, let him de deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Lord, I ask that you would till our hearts. God, make, prepare our hearts for this message, God, so you, can, so you can plant this seed. God, it can take root and grow for the rest of our lives. God, that we can take it and, and share it with others. God, I bring clarity into this place, God, so, so we can understand. God, you're the God of interpretation. You, you interpret it for us. God, so let us... Receive this message with your spirit and let it, your spirit flow in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, didn't he do a great job? Come on now, let's thank the Lord for what he's going to do. Come on, let's thank God for his word that he's going to speak to us tonight. We thank you for your word, God. Come on, I wish somebody would say that. Thank you for your word, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I want to talk to you tonight. I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you on this subject, and that is this. What is my calling? What is my calling? I believe that after tonight, you will never have to ask the question again. What is my calling? I believe that. Never again in your life are you going to have to wonder, what am I called to do? How many of you would like to know the information that, that I believe God's given me tonight about your calling? I believe he's given, he's given it to us. And you're never going to have to ask the question again. Amen. God bless you. You can, you can be seated. Ask, turn to your neighbor say, what, what's your calling? What's, what, are you, what are you called to do? What are you called to do? I'm going to jump kind of right here into just my story of, of me. Um, are you all ready? Can I share my story with you? Is that all right? Can we share testimonies around here about what's, what God's done? That was weak. Can we share testimonies about what the Lord has done? 
We ought to share our testimony. If you've got a testimony, you better share it. Say amen to that. I, um, I, I grew up attending church. Um, I grew up attending church. Uh, I was not a Christian. I was not a, um, uh, a follower of Jesus. Because how many of you know that just because you go to church doesn't make you a Christian and doesn't make you like Jesus? You have to do more than just attend church. How many of you know that? I'm talking to a crowd that already knows that, to young people that already know that. I, I was attending church. I was raised in church. I, I grew up with a church with pews, and, and, uh, and I would make it my mission every, uh, every service that I could that my mom would let me to, to try to crawl from the back of the pews in the, in the back of the church to the front. You know, you'd dodge like spiked high heels and pick up all the bobby pins and, and the gum. You'd look at the gum wrappers and you'd pick one off of there and try it and see if it was any... Anybody else? <laughs> I didn't do that. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of good stuff up there. And, um, but uh, I grew, so I grew up in church. But I, but I also grew up playing baseball. And, um, yeah, yeah, baseball. Woo! Baseball. And um, y'all play baseball around here, I think, a little. Uh, softball, I'm sorry. Forgive us. Forgive us, thou me. Um, but I grew up playing baseball, and um, it was my life. And in reality, it was my God. It was my God. It, it was more important than church services. It was more important than, than, than hearing the preacher, reading my Bible, praying. It was more important than ever. There's nothing wrong with sports until they become more important than God. Hello, check one, two. There's nothing wrong with sports until they become more important than God, than attending church services, than reading, than praying. When something becomes more important than those things, it becomes a God or an idol in your life. And that's where I was. That's where I was. And uh, I, I, so I played. Uh, as, as soon as I could walk, I, I, I was playing and and, uh, and I, got, I got decent. I, I was good. I had um, some things start to happen as a, uh, as a freshman in high school. I, I played for our varsity team, and, and, um, and I had some, some interest that came in from uh, just letters that had started to come in. And, and uh, this is always an awkward part to talk about, but um, just letters that, that started to come in and, and just interest of, of colleges that wanted to, um, that wanted to have a combine with certain people. And, and I, I was blessed. I, I, I was good. I was, uh, I, I was probably the best to ever do it, ever. I, I'm, that was a joke. I'm kidding. You know, when people, never, never mind. But <laughs> I, uh, so I was good. And, and it had become my life, summer fall, winter, spring, it didn't matter. It was baseball. But I remember when um, my youth pastor, uh, I, I got a new youth pastor, and he came into town from West Virginia, and, and he played the harmonica all the time, and, and, and he talked like this, and, 
and and y'all y'all ever heard of Aaron Bounds, Pastor Aaron Bounds? You ever heard of him before? He's a, he's a, he's he's a, none of y'all are like you know, like who is that? Uh, he's amazing. All right, he's amazing. And uh, he was my youth pastor, and and he began to preach uh, the word of God. Are y'all still with me? He began to preach the word of God, and and I remember that God began to convict me about what I was doing with my time. God began to convict me specifically about baseball. And I remember rejecting that, saying, you know, God, you can have this stuff over here, but, but, but this is, you know, it's just a ball and a bat. There's nothing wrong with, with baseball. There's nothing, you know, you know how we do sometimes when we don't want to give something. God, you can have all of this, all of it. I give some away. I give part of myself away. I'm a good singer. So you can use part of me. You know, that's, that's where I was. I, I surrender some. I surrender some. That's where I was. I, I was just, just this, yes. This, no, bro. Not this. God, so God was convicting me. And uh, I remember one night, Sister Kendra, God was dealing with me so strong, and, and, and I, had, I had a dream. Hadn't had, hadn't, had never had a dream before in my life, ever. Uh, well, a God dream. I, I've had some weird dreams like all of you have after you eat pizza, but, but not like a God dream. So this was like the first God dream. And then... In my dream, I was in the back of the sanctuary. There was a middle aisle, and, and uh, I was in the back of the sanctuary, and I had my baseball bat in one hand and my baseball bag in the other hand. And in my dream, I was walking toward the front to where the altar was, and, and it, I remember it so vividly. It was a blue baseball bag. It was, it was a bat. And I, I remember getting to the steps of the altar. And I tried to open my hands to lay down the baseball bat and the baseball bag. But no matter what I did, my hands would not open. They wouldn't open. I tried, I, I, I tried to, to fling it out of my hands and I, I, I tried to lay it down on the altar. But no matter what I did, I, I couldn't let go. And instantly I woke up and the Lord spoke to me. He said, Cody, if you'll lay down baseball, I will give you the true desires of your heart. If you'll lay down baseball, I will give you the true desires of your heart. That was on a Friday. On Sunday, I get to church. On Sunday, I get to church, and, and, and church is going, and, and church is great. Can I walk around with this baseball bat? I feel like a bad dude right now, just swinging a baseball bat. Just, you know, you better say amen, you know. So I don't know. <laughs> I remember getting to church on that Sunday, and on that Sunday morning, the altar call is going on, and my youth pastor comes up to me and says the, the words 
that no student wants to hear. Cody, I want you to come to my office. <laughs> okay. Okay. I went and hugged my mom goodbye. <laughs> Told my sister I loved her very much. Gave my belongings to, to my buddy. I'm not going to need these anymore. Going to pastor's office. This is the way I go out. This is it. This is it for me. I go into pastor's office and he sits me down in the what seemed like the biggest seat that man has ever created and I sunk down and my feet didn't even touch the floor. It was like... <laughs> and, and I get in there and I'm ready for the worst. I'm ready for like, you're a sinner and you're going to hell immediately. You know, and a door in the floor to just open up and I, you know, that's what I'm picturing in my brain. But, but he says to me, Cody, I, I don't know exactly why I'm meeting you t today, but, but I just feel like God is speaking to you to do something specifically. He said, do you know anything about that? Yes, sir. What is God telling you to do? He's telling me to, he told me to lay down baseball. Well, easiest meeting ever, I feel like, probably. Well, what, what are you going to do? <laughs> In that moment, I can't explain it. I made a commitment, and I said, I'm going to lay down baseball. And when I did, I, don't, I can't explain it, but when I did, something from heaven came on me. I fell to the floor. I, I, I forgot about who was around. I forgot about being in the scary man's office. And I fell to the floor and began to weep and cry and weep and cry. And at that moment, I surrendered my life, my whole self to God. As a 14-year-old young man in January of 2005, your age, I made the commitment to give everything that I have and follow Jesus Christ. Can I tell a young person on this first on this Wednesday night? Matthew 6 and 24 tells us if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. If any man is going to follow me, the first thing that he has to do is deny himself. If you want to follow Jesus, you first have to learn to deny yourself, your will, 
your plans for your life, what you think your future is going to look like. If you want to follow Jesus, you're going to have to say, Lord, here is what I have. Here it's not much. It's just a little baseball game. But here is what I have to offer. And if you could just say, Lord, what I have is yours. Come on, that's step one. Deny yourself and pick up a cross. Pick up a cross. What is the cross? What does the cross represent? It represents the death of my will. It represents the death of my flesh. It is a total and complete surrender to God. That's what your calling is tonight, young people. What is my calling? It's not even really a biblical term, really, my calling. Your first call is to lay down what you have and pick up what he has to give you. And I've come to tell you tonight, it is the greatest decision that you will ever make to lay at his feet what you have and pick Pick up what he has. Oh, come on, let's stop here for a moment. We ought to, before this night is over, say, God, not my will, but thine be done. If I've got to lay down a sport, I will. If I've got, if I've got to lay down this thing, I will. If I've got to step away from social media because it's hindering me from following Jesus, then I will. That's what it means to deny yourself and pick up a cross. It is the death of your will. Be seated. The cross is not heavy. Scripture tells us that tells us that my burdens are, his burdens are light. They're, you're able to carry them. His cross is not heavy, but it's inconvenient. The cross is not very heavy. It's easy to bear. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you want a cross in your life, it's going to come through inconvenience. You're going to be hanging out with your friends, and here you are with your cross. Hey, scoot over, friend. Get out of my, you know, I'm trying not to injure nobody. Y'all got good insurance here, I can tell. You know, when, when, uh, you know, when, when you're hanging out with your friends, it's more than just, than just you there, it's. It's you and, and that cross. And so, and so you have to be very careful in your relationships because now it's, it's not just you anymore. It's, it's this cross that's in you. And now, 
Now, every, every move that you make, is, it's different now. You, you, you're carrying a cross, and so people see you differently. People see you, they just see you different. They feel something that comes off of you. They can't explain it. They don't know what it is, but they can feel something on you. When your mouth opens, they feel the presence of God. When you begin to talk to them about the Scripture, they feel something. Why do they feel that? Because it's not just you. You've got to... The cross is not heavy, but it is inconvenient. The cross sometimes will prevent you from going into certain places. You try to go and, and you can't, can't get through. I'm, I'm going to injure myself before the night's over. Y'all got good insurance, I can tell. That was supposed to be funny. It's not funny. Sometimes the cross will prevent you from going to certain places because now it's not just you any longer. It's, it's, it's you've got this, this cross. It's, it's, it's a little bit inconvenient, but when I stop and think, when I stop and think about this cross and all that has been done for me because of a cross, it's not a hard thing. As a matter of fact, it's, it's really my reasonable service. It's really just a part of living for God. Yes, it's a little inconvenient, but the payoff for carrying a cross, oh, is there some young people tonight that would say, God, I want the cross. I want to carry a cross. I want to carry your purpose. I want to carry a burden. I want to carry you to where I go. Come on, I want every young person to stand to your feet and clap your hands. Come on, if there's a young man or a young lady, I want you to say, I want that. Let me tell you, it's here tonight. You're going to leave change tonight. You're going to leave totally different tonight. It's going to happen tonight. Young people, God is going to give you the strength and the ability to make some decisions tonight about things that should not be in your life, things that you're going to have to lay down so that you can pick up a cross. He's going to give you the strength. He's going to give you the power. Just trust God, and it's all going to work out. Watch, 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 watch. Here's, here's the promise, Luke 18 and 28. Here is the promise of the cross. Peter, listen to me. Listen to me. Are you all with me right now? Peter left everything. Luke chapter 5. Jesus tells them to cast their nets. They catch a multitude of fish. And the Bible says that they forsook all. And followed him. That was in Luke 5. Now, fast forward to Luke chapter 18. Peter talks to Jesus and says, and says to Jesus, See, we have left all and followed you. Keep going. And he said to them, 
Truly I say to you, watch the promise of the word. There is no man that has left house or parents or brothers or wife or children for the kingdom of God's sake. Go on. Who shall not receive manifold more, watch, in this present time and in the world to come, life everlasting. Peter said, God, we have left everything to follow you. Jesus looks back at him and says, Peter, if you have left, if you have left everything, I'm going to bless you, not just by going to heaven. I'm going to bless you now in this time more than you could ever expect to realize. God has a blessing tonight for a young person. God has a spouse. God has a future. God has employment. God has it all mapped out. If you would just be willing to forsake Forsake all and follow him. Oh, I started. So that was on a Sunday, and I, I called, or I, I, I told some friends at school and what was happening, and and uh, they weren't a big fan of that, and and uh, lost some people out of my life because of it. And uh, I um, lost some people out of my life. And I had, a, I, had, I had a coach call my house, talk to my parents and talk to me. He said, son, I don't think you realize what you're doing. You're very possibly giving up a, a future. You're possibly giving up a a career. Do you, do, you, do you understand what you are doing? And I, I didn't have much to say to that man on the phone that day. But what I had to say in my spirit was, sir, you might have a baseball bat and a baseball bag to offer me, but my God, who I serve, has much more that he is planning to get. You can only give me temporal things. You can only give me small things. But God is getting ready to bless my life. God is getting ready to do something in me. Oh, come on, young man and young lady. It's not a hard thing to do. Sure, it might be difficult at the moment, but it will be the best decision you have ever made to reject the world and follow God. So be seated. So it turned. It turned in me that day. I started praying. I became a Christian right here. This is when I decided to follow Jesus. I started praying. Pastor, my youth pastor, would pick me up for prayer. Would pick me up for prayer in the mornings. Before school started, I went to Zanesville High School, a local high school, and he'd pick me up for prayer in the mornings at 5 a.m. Oh, God. I don't know if... I didn't know at that time if the Lord was awake or not at 5 a.m. because I sure really wasn't cool, not funny again. Awesome. Thank you so much. God bless you. I, uh, 
I would go in the mornings during during the week to pray, and 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 a lot of times I would I would end up laying laying on the seat or laying on the floor, and you know you know you know I, I'm I'm gonna help some of y'all right now. Y'all know what I'm talking. You get to you get to praying and and you lay on the floor and and your prayer gets slower. Oh God. You know when people start saying, oh, God, you know they're about to go. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, I, there was a lot of mornings that I fell asleep. And there was some mornings my youth pastor fell asleep. And I was thankful that I felt normal. Amen. Amen. I felt normal. But you want to know what that did for me? It allowed me to hear prayer. I can't remember one prayer that I prayed in those prayer meetings, but I can remember hundreds of prayers that was prayed by my pastor. And I learned how to pray listening to a man of God would cry out to God and that would just begin to pray. I, I learned young people, one of the greatest things that you can do in learning how to pray is listen to prayer. That's weird and I think that's illegal. No, it's not. Listen, listen you right now, one of the greatest things that you can do is go to your prayer room at your church and listen. Go to the prayer room at your church and listen to those people call down heaven. Listen to those people get a hold of God and you're going to learn before too long that the prayers that they pray, you too can pray. Amen. You can. So I started listening to prayer. I started praying. I, 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 Sister Kendra, I, I, every night I would, I would go to bed listening to preaching and, and, and I, and I turned my, my room into an altar. I prayed in my room. It was in the basement and nobody else was around and, and, uh, and, 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 I, and I turned that, that room into an altar. In some of the most powerful ways that I have ever experienced God is in that room. In that room, every now and again, happened to be this morning, Sister Kendra. I close my eyes and I go back to that room, remembering the words that God would speak to me, remembering the presence of God that was so strong in that room. I remember there would be some services that I was so hungry for the things of God that I wouldn't go out to eat. I wouldn't talk to any of my friends. I'd, I'd, I'd run home with my parents and I'd go, I'd go to that bedroom and I'd, I'd lay on the floor and I'd start to talk to God. And, and that all familiar presence of God that was at church all of a sudden would inhabit that bedroom. It would inhabit the same touch of God that was in that service would slip into that bedroom and God would meet me there. Young people, you are one prayer away. You are one prayer away in your home from feeling this all year round. From feeling the presence of God like this all year.
But you've got to pray. You've got to pray. You've got to pray. I would. I started to pray. I missed a lot of days of prayer. I, I, I still made mistakes and messed up. But I determined in my mind that nothing was going to stop me from following Jesus. You remember me. You remember these words that I speak to you tonight. God is not asking for you to be perfect. He is asking you to make a, de a decision to continually pursue him. Though I fall, I shall arise. Though I mess up, I'm going to pray again. I'm going to try again. I have devoted my life to following Jesus and I'm not going to stop just because of one mistake. Come on, he's not worried about the mistake. He's worried about the decision. After you make the mistake, you've got to make a decision to get up and keep praying, keep going, keep pursuing him. I'm hurrying. He said, the first, the first thing to figure out your calling, it's a call to surrender. It is a call to pick up a cross. Your calling, young people, is to a cross. Your calling is to surrender everything that you have to him, number one. And number two, your calling is to follow Jesus. I'll remind you, Matthew 16, 24. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. You're not just picking up a cross to, to, to walk around looking like a weirdo with a wood object on your shoulder. You're picking up a cross because there's somewhere he wants to take you. You're picking up a cross because he has work for you to do. You're not picking up a cross to look cool, to be cool. Matter of fact, most people that have crosses in their life aren't very cool. It's not very cool. It's not very popular to have a cross in your life. But I'll tell you, it's the best decision you'll ever make. And I picked up a cross. And I decided that I'm not just going to pick up a cross, but I'm going to follow Jesus. I decided that that I'm going to follow God. I, I was praying. I was studying. I made a decision to read my Bible through. I had never done that in my life. But I made a decision, I'm going to read my Bible through. Read your Bible through. I made a decision to read my Bible through. And in my pursuing of the things of God, in my pursuing of, of God and his will for my life, God began to unfold things to me. And I remember God gave me a second dream. And in that dream, I'm a freshman in high school, but in that dream, I'm in my high school auditorium. It's an auditorium that, are y'all okay? Are y'all still there? It's in a, my, I just feel the Holy Ghost here. Can y'all feel what I feel? I feel God. In, in the auditorium, in my dream, I was in the auditorium, and the auditorium kind of fanned up like this. And I was, in my dream, I was on the top 
top right side of the auditorium looking down. And in the dream, I, I, I looked toward the stage of that auditorium in Zanesville High School, in the school, and I saw a church service going on. I saw people singing. I saw people praising God. I saw a worship leader. I saw a band. I, I saw a church service going on. And then I start to look to my left and, and I see specific faces of people that I went to school with. I looked to my left and I saw Morgan. I saw her in my dream with her hands lifted and tears flowing down her face. In my dream, I, I looked over there and I saw Zach, Zach Lee. And I could see him with his hands lifted, praising God. I could see it as clear as day. I could see those two people praising God. And I woke up and I knew that God was wanting me to do something. I, I went to my, my youth pastor and I said, this is what I saw. This is, this is, this is what I saw. He said, great. He said, I believe it's going to happen. He said, but first, you need to start a Bible study in that high school. And I thought... Oh God, not me, not now. Please God, no, not me. I was a 14-year-old freshman. I was super young to be in high school. I, I was weird, acne all over. It gets better, it gets better, it gets better. Maybe not for me, but it gets better for you, praise God. I was just weird and awkward, and, and I was hyper, super hyper. Like, I didn't know when to stop. You know, people knew when to stop, like, being stupid. I, I did not know, like, that. I didn't get the cue. Like, nobody told me stop being stupid. I just, I was really dumb. But, and so I was like, man, I, I, God, you know, I, I can't. I, I can't. I can't do this. Anyway, long story short, I, we started the Bible study. And I remember on the first, first day, the first Tuesday, that we were going to start that Bible study. We had made up these, these little flyers. We called it Club 180. And uh, this was before P7 was a thing, and I'm so thankful for P7. But we called it Club 180, and, and uh, I started, I got there early on purpose because I didn't want nobody to see me. You know what I'm talking about. I got, I got there early, and I, I slipped in, and I started putting these flyers in, uh, in people's lockers, just enough to where some of it, are, are y'all still with me, to where some of the flyer was still sticking out, you know, and I got there, and I did as much as I could, and, and the bell rang, and people started coming in, and people started looking at these flyers, and, 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 and here it came. I was like, I felt like I was the little, the, the, the boy at school just waiting to get a swirly, you know what I mean, just like. Here it comes, give it to me, you know. And, and people started taking those flyers and, and they, they started just throwing them on the ground and crumbling them and throwing them at each other. And, and uh, I was like, okay, God, thanks so much. Glad to be here. I'm out, you know. And uh, I, uh, man, just discouraged. But, but I remember, I remember those first Bible studies. We had them in in room 205C, and, 
And I remember just being so nervous. I didn't know what to say, what to teach, and read just a paper. And I just read a paper and, and just read the paper, the revelatory. I read a paper. And, and, uh, and, and, and I remember those stuff, stuff started happening in that, in that Bible study. And, I can't explain exactly how it happened. I would love to tell you that that I played a, a, a significant role in in the growth of this Bible study, but it was somehow just like God was saying that if you'll do the little bit that you can, I'm going to do the rest for you. If you'll just go a little bit, do just something a little bit uncomfortable, I'm going to help you the rest of the way. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. And God began to help, and God began to grow that Bible study. I remember, I remember when, when Rick Bonifield came to the Bible study. He was the varsity running back. He was popular. He was cool. He was muscular. And uh, he could have crushed me immediately upon sight. I was scared of him. Uh, big time. I was super scared of him. But Rick Bonifield came to the Bible study, and I remember God beginning to deal with Rick, and he was inquisitive about about the things of God and about baptism. And, and I, I remember that Nick Martin, the the high school quarterback, he he came to the Bible study, and 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 Beth, his girlfriend, who was the star basketball player, she she came to the Bible study, and this Bible study started growing from one to three to five to nine to sometimes. 11 and 13 and I'll never forget when those three people went down in the watery grave of baptism and came up with their hands lifted praying God's not giving you a cross just to sit there he's giving you a cross to obey and follow him sit down I remember Connie Strickler, she was the administrator of the athletic department of the school. She had cancer in her body. She had cancer, cancer, y'all. Listen, cancer, cancer. Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That was a little loud. She had cancer. You know, one of the big ones, one of the big ones, we're, you know, we got to get the pastor to pray for. You know what I mean? You know, everything else we can pray for, but cancer, pastor. Yeah. Y'all, you got cancer, okay. He's going to help you. Let me direct you this way. Thank you for coming. Too far. Good. I, I remember she came to the room and, and she asked for prayer for this cancer that was in her body. And we, we started to pray for Connie and we prayed, Lord, in Jesus' name, pray, pray to touch her body, pray to heal her. In Jesus' name, amen. And, Thank you so much for praying, and and that was it. And, and you know, we didn't hear anything for for a couple of weeks. But I remember when Connie sent the report back that the cancer that was once there was no longer in her body because when a young person decides to step out and do something for God. God has a way of taking care of what you cannot do. Listen, if you will just go, if you will just follow, 
just follow. Listen, that means you're following him. That means he's there as well. That means he's in the room as well. If you will just follow him, God will do what you cannot do. I'm talking, I'm talking to some world changers tonight. I'm talking to some young men and young ladies that will change the world. I heard you pray this morning. I heard you intercede this morning. I heard you give a word in tongues this morning. I heard what you did, and I believe in who you are. You have got to surrender, pick up a cross, and start walking. Start following. Start obeying. And watch the doors that God opens in your life. Come on, somebody rejoice about that. It's not just for me. It's for you. It's for whosoever will. Need I remind us that the scripture says that the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are so few. God is looking. God is looking in this camp. God is looking in Arkansas for somebody he can use, for somebody he can work through. Is it going to be you? Is it going to be you? Is it going to be you? Is it going to be who's going to do it? We started this by, uh, I didn't plan on quitting here. Stand. Music come. We started this Bible study. It took off. And then finally, my senior year of high school, 2008, we planned a crusade service in the high school auditorium. I remember being so nervous. Oh God, nobody's gonna come. Nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna be here. Why do we even do this? Listen, I battled insecurity and doubt and fear the whole way. I'm telling you right now, the whole way. But it's like every step of the way because I made a commitment. It's not just me anymore. It's me. And it's this cross. It's this burden God's given me for those people. It's not just about me anymore. And I remember we tried to, we had it on March 30th. And I wasn't sure if anybody was going to come. And, and listen, if I'm, I'm not lying to you. March 30th comes. And it snows six inches in one hour from Ohio, y'all. That's, that's, that's a lot, okay? That's a lot. We're supposed to have, we called it solution. We're supposed to have solution that night. It snows six inches in one hour. The school shuts down and dismisses early. Somebody claps, like, yeah. No, 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 I know, no, don't clap for that. That's not good. Not good. It shuts down, which means solution shuts down. The, the service shuts down. I'm like, oh, God. Oh, God. And, and we don't know what to do. The whole band's there, and I, I'm like, hey, 
since you guys are here and the sound is already up and going, why don't you guys just play something? Just, just, just play something. They started to play and started to play a song and, and, uh, that people were hearing that. People, instead of going their normal way out of the building, they were walking through the auditorium. They were walking through this place, and they, and they were walking through the auditorium and then walking out, and all kinds of people stopped by just to see what was happening. And little did I know that God was using this to promote, to promote this meeting. So we rescheduled to... Sometime in April, I think April 14th, something, I can't remember. It was a Friday night. Buzz had been going on around the school about this solution. They saw the live band. They saw the stuff. I was nervous. I was, I was fearful even almost. And we get there, and, and the curtains pulled, pulled together. And, and I, I, slip, I slip by the, the curtain, and I look out. And I see all of these young people, hundreds, hundreds, three to four hundred of the people that I went to high school with. I saw them in that auditorium. I saw them there. And later on in the service, my youth pastor preached and, and I saw those young people I'd seen in my dream I, I saw those young people at that altar with their hands lifted tears throw up, this, throw up those pictures tears flowing down their face I saw these young people begin to pray and cry out to God people that I went to school with people that I went through the hallways with touched and moved by the power of God I saw 17 students baptized with the gift of the Holy Ghost on that night. Why? Because somebody decided to go. Hear the heart of this preacher tonight as a 14 year old God used me and he wants to use you what are you waiting for what are you waiting on do what God is calling you to do lift your hands with me all over this room come on I want you to call on the Lord Come on, who's it going to be tonight? Who's it going to be to say, Lord, I surrender. Lord, I surrender everything. God, this thing that has held me up, that has stopped you from flowing and moving in my life, tonight, tonight, tonight I lay it down and I follow. Who's going to come? Who's going to come? Not, not just coming as a sign of surrender. As a sign of surrender, Lord, everything. Everything, everything, everything. If you want my phone, you can have it. You want my social media, you can have it. You want my time, you can have it. Come on, young people. You want my sport, you can have it. You want my, you, you want my life, you can have it. You want my mind, you can have it. You can have it. You can have it. I just want to do what you are calling me to do.
my life is yours.